0: but I really love doing this and what I started to notice is like wow this is I started to make the connect the dots for all these projects that I worked on when I got employees involved especially my own employees I saw how they opened up I mean it was just it was just something changed they just they just uh, blossomed and I realized wow our company really is benefiting a lot by some of these programs where we are you know sponsoring events and so on and so forth
1: uh, before we dive into this interview with Frank Scarpacci, and I hope I got that right, I think I did, um, he's a fascinating guy who put his entire life experiences together and realized he was being directed in a fantastic way to consult and teach people about corporate social responsibility. His background, of course, was with that when he or while he was at American Express. So I won't belabor this too much. We will kick it off any second. I do want to apologize again as we figure this out with the interviews. Um, His audio... Unfortunately, on his end, probably could have been better. Um, I think once you get into the interview, you hopefully get over the quality. It, it either improves or the content is so good, you just forget about it. So again, without further ado, let's get into this interview with Frank Scarpaci. Habits to Goals listeners, I am enthusiastically welcoming Frank Scarpacci. Did I get that right? You got it right. Perfect. I did? Yep. (laughs) All right, Frank. Frank is an expert in um, B Corps, and he'll explain what that is. And his company is Vianova, or the Vianova Group. And Frank, thank you so much for taking the time. It's terrific to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Great. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you very much. Perfect. So as I had mentioned in the pre-show warm-ups here, we talk about, just to uh, kick things off, we begin with the GTR, the Good Things Report, and since you're the guest, you get to decide who goes first.
0: Okay, why don't you go first?
1: Perfect. And I'm gonna ask you if uh if you could just to speak up a little. I will go first. My my GTR is just the other day I celebrate <laughs> I celebrated a birthday. So you know even though I'm not <laughs> I'm not a huge, huge fan of birthdays, I must admit, you know, it beats the alternative. So my GTR is you know it's another year in the bank so to speak and hopefully older wiser and healthy and all those good things love uh a lot of love in and around me i'm thinking of course around the family so so that's what i got frank what do you got
0: happy birthday so, uh, let's see. Business is good. I think the year is starting off uh, pretty good for me. Um, I'm self-employed, so that's always good. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy with sort of how things are shaping up, um, you know, to kick the year off. Um, also, I decided to resume going to Barry's Boot Camp four times a week uh, after a four-month break. So, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Still pretty sore. but uh, <laughs> so, so, Barry's
1: Boot Camp is... Yeah, uh, it sounds like it's a workout regimen, but I don't know if that's a daily thing or how, how does that work?
0: Yeah, you can. I mean, you can go every day if you want. I mean, it's hard, but um, yeah, Barry's Boot Camp. They're in Hillcrest. There's a chain of them, actually. Oh god! And, and it's a combination of uh, weights and uh, you know running treadmill. So it's a kind of a uh, it's a class. Um, it's indoors. It's pretty amazing. It's a tough workout. Uh, when you leave, you literally crawl out drenched in sweat, but you, you know you can probably burn off about 800 calories. But it's an it's an amazing workout. It's uh it's uh, I love it. Keeps me uh, keeps me um, healthy and and moving along. Um, so I'm pretty good about feeling pretty good about that. So
1: that's awesome. That's the the yeah. corner cornerstone of of everything.
0: Yeah. The challenge is I took four months off, now I'm back into it again. So it's going to take me probably eight months to kind of get back to where I was four months ago. So as you get older, it's a little harder, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't know about that. Um, well, great.
0: Anything else? Yeah. And I've also, I've uh, lined up a bunch of speaking gigs and I'm not terrified about that, which is actually a good thing because wow. public speaking was something I was always intimidated by and I never saw myself as a speaker. You know, I was very, uh, you know, very self-conscious and, and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, I did a lot of speaking at the end of last year and felt really good about it. So I've lined up a bunch of, uh, a bunch of uh, talks to kind of share the word around B corporations and business as a force for good and social responsibility and all of that. So I'm actually very excited about it, which is like, for me, that's a major turning point for me. So I feel good about that. That's
1: huge. And I'm I'm giving you a round of applause. I I would never know that because you're always uh, so well-spoken and uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm impressed. So good for you. Thank you. So that is a great segue. Why don't you, highlight or you know give us kind of overview of what what corporate social responsibility is and and what a B Corp is and then we'll we'll backtrack in time and then figure out how it is you got there. But but just top level overview, what what does this all mean?
0: Well um we'll start with B Corporation. So B Corps it's a new type of company that's been certified to have met a pretty rigorous standard of social um, and environmental responsibility, transparency, and accountability. Um, it's a certification. So if you think about lead certification for a building or fair trade for coffee, B Corp certification is the same, but it's for the enti- you know, it's for the business, the entire business. It's the only certification out there for social and environmental, um, you know, responsibility. So, um, so yeah, so there's about 1,600 oh, close to sixteen hundred B Corps around the globe in forty two countries, representing representing one hundred and thirty industries. There are a lot of uh, brands that we're probably familiar with, like, um, you know, Patagonia, Ben & Jerry's, and there's Seventh Generation, Method, Etsy, and so on and so forth. So, 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 um, so,
1: yeah. Apologies. Real quick. How how many did
0: you say around the… Close to 1,600. 1,600. Okay. And remember the certification it 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 started in 2007 when it first launched and it was only a handful of companies so this has been growing and every year I mean the, the jump in the number of B corps uh, is pretty is pretty impressive but it really started here in the United States but wow. now it's a global
1: movement and, and so it seems to me that the benefits are kind of multifaceted like they just they just kind of spring out in many dimensions highlight some of the the key benefits a
0: corporation has? So um, the benefits to becoming certified, um, the the main benefit that we're seeing is that it um, makes the company more attractive to um, prospective employees and also the current employees. So from a recruitment and retention perspective, companies that have elected to certify their business and make their certification public, which is part of it, um, tend to attract um, better talent because people want to work for companies that are leading in the area around improving their social and environmental impact. So remember, these are traditional companies. These are companies that are for profit, but they have decided to um, bake in, um, uh, you know, ways to create value for all their shareholders, not just, I mean, all their stakeholders, not just their shareholders. So these are companies that are consciously looking at their impact in the environment, their impact in the community, to their employees, their their suppliers, their partners. So these are all good companies that are doing good. They've just yes. decided to you know take the lead and 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 uh, and um, apply for certification and make that you know the results you know that's public true. and transparent. So that's that's the certification side. Then there's the legal side. That's a new type of company that's fairly new as well. And that's that's um, it's a traditional corporation that has uh, modified obligations to consider their impacts on all their shareholders, stakeholders, um, and not only it obligates them to consider these impacts, but it actually protects them, because there are a lot of companies that are very mission-driven, purpose-driven, so as they grow and as they scale, there's pressure for them to just maximize shareholder return exclusively, and in many cases, there are unintended consequences from an environmental uh, and a social uh, perspective. So B Corporations allows companies to continue to grow and scale and still continue to create value for all of their, um, uh, stakeholders. So that's, um, the legal, um, designation a legal type of business. That's, um, on a state by state basis. So right now we have about 31 states that actually have this type of corporation and there's many in the, you know, in the pipeline, but, um, the certification is for, for any for-profit business. And then the uh, legal designation, again, it's for companies that are, um, uh, in states that have b corp you know legislation so but the whole movement yep it's really driven by b lab which is a nonprofit that really created this back in 2007 so not only did they create the certification they helped create and drive this uh you know getting legislation passed on a state-by-state basis so it's pretty amazing and again this is fairly recent it's only since 2007 that this has been around. It's just escalated. Got it. Especially after the crash. So
1: so I'm taking a a ton of notes here and I want to, um, just slow down a little because (laughs) I I know the listener may not be taking notes. And so, so there's the, there's the certification aspect. Then there's the legal aspect. Do you, if you're certified,
0: do you have to go down the legal path or if you're a corporation, uh, corporation is incorporated in a state that has benefit corporation legislation, then yes, you do to maintain your certification. Okay. Okay. Now you can be a benefit corporation, like California, for example, we're in California. We do have benefit corporation legislation in California. So, so that's a yes, but you can be a benefit corporation in California and not apply for certification. Okay, But if you are certified, in order to maintain your certification, you do need to convert. It kind of makes sense to do that anyways. Okay. And the thing is, with the certification, remember, it's the transparency, accountability, um, uh, and performance. So the performance is based on what the company has done around creating social and environmental you know, impact. Transparency is the scores that the company earns is made transparent to the public. And then the accountability piece is on the legal side. So that's how that kind of fits together. Okay. Yeah. So let me back up. So, so when I hear this,
1: my first thought is why, why wouldn't every corporation, and it's kind of a rhetorical question because I, because I think I know the answer, but why wouldn't every company want to do this? In other words, to look at the business's social and environmental impact, and then find a way to, to give back and, and, Positively impact your your environment and your community just seems to make great sense. So then the question is: This B Lab, what is their founding story? Do you do you have it in a you know a two minute story? Do you know what the origination is there?
0: Yeah, the founders of um, B Lab they owned a company. Now I'm not going to get all the facts right, but just it's in okay. general, like, um, <laughs> they, they they owned a company that um uh was very very successful and i forget the name of it so forgive me um, and when they went to sell it they had to sell it to you know the highest bidder because it's a it was a it was a public company and then the company that per- and by the way it was a very mission driven company they had a strong culture of social and environmental um you know performance and it, it was a it was a great company, great values, but when they were sold, the company that purchased them, all of that social and environmental stuff went out the window. Mm. It's very upset, you know, very hard when you're a founder and you create this amazing company that's performing well, that's making a difference in the world, that's making a difference to its employees, that gets purchased by another company that pretty much just it's all focused on profits and all that stuff is just thrown out the window interesting so we, we needed a, a they needed to address that and they realized that corporate law really obligates shareholders and direct i mean uh, directors and leaders of companies to really focus on maximizing shareholder return exclusively so oh, it was, yeah. so there wasn't the legal protection there is now um and then as far as the certification there's a lot of companies that would say there. Oh yeah, we're doing great. We're green, blah blah blah. Or they were like, oh yeah, we're great to the community, but yet they're polluting. Or so there was a there was no stand there were no standards out there. So they helped kind of create the standards for companies to sort of measure uh, really what's important. So that's their impact on you know from a social and environmental perspective. So they created the standards and they um, addressed the legal side of it as well. Got it. So, so yeah, yeah.
1: I, I was just um, excuse me, I was just thinking. If you hear this story, you're thinking, well, here's an owner probably making a lot of money from a sale from a profitable company. Why would he or she be angry? And it's exactly what you're suggesting, that if it's a public company, their obligation is to the shareholders. Mm-hmm. Um So they may or may not even have um, say about who the company gets sold to. Um, and anyway, so I, I'm just in the event, some people didn't under, you know, or completely understand that story. I, this is just a, a different take. It's, it's, if you're an owner and it's a public company, you may not have say who's buying it. And if the corporation is, beholden to the shareholder and maximizing value then the owner may not be getting truly what they want so i can see how this came about that's right. that's a great story
0: What's nice now is we have a lot of companies that are well known, you know, the, the popular brands, you know, Kickstarter, Etsy, you know, all these companies. When they, if, you know, when investors are sort of looking at them, they are seeing the fact that they are a certified B corporation or they are a benefit corporation. Investors are starting to look at this as, oh, this is a smart investment because they are looking at the long term. They're not focused just on the quarterly results. They're less. There's less risk because they're managing their risk better, because they're managing their impact on the environment, they're managing their impact on their communities, and so on and so forth. So they become much more attractive to investors. So that's another thing that V-Lab has done, which has been great, is really provided the investor community with a means and tools to sort of evaluate these types of companies so they can invest in them. So, and you know, the other thing we have to remember is that you know, that when we think about socially responsible companies or even social responsibility, we think of that as, Oh, it's just, you know, it's a bunch of tree huggers. It's all goody two-shoes stuff, whatever. Well, you know, I have to tell you, there are a lot of people that I love trees, but I also like to be profitable as well. So, and just because I like trees doesn't mean I can't be profitable. And there are a lot of profitable companies that are doing some great, great things. So I think that there was, there's been a lot of, you know, people have thought that, Oh, this whole social responsibility thing—it's just this liberal, progressive, whatever, communist, you know, kind of thoughts, whatever. Um, that's out the window. We've proven that that really being a good company and, and really focusing on your social environmental impact is truly good for business. The jury's in, you know, the results are in. We proved it. Now let's move on. Let's figure out how we can then make a you know a greater difference. Right. It's so kind of what we're seeing now. I I Where love it. It's
1: it's not an either or proposition. It's not. Hug a tree and and can't make a profit exactly. um, you you can hug a tree and make a profit right um and I love that and then and there were two things that you just said that really stuck out because we get the environmental impact and we get the community impact, but the biggest cost to business is people mm-hmm. and yeah. the retention of people and hiring and in the the circus that is. Um, keeping good employees. So if this proves to be a model that has better retention and attracts better talent, well, that's a success in and of itself. And then to prove that you're saying that the investors that look at some of these companies like a Kickstarter, um, Or pick your company, they they look at it and they say, well, this is a more attractive investment because they are managing their impact, but better still, they have happy employees. So,
0: I mean, wow. Great. customers. It translates to higher productivity, which translates to so many things. I mean, there's so many business benefits it, a reduction in, you know, the cost of turnover. I mean, it's going to be pretty pricey. Now I want to share some statistics. Um, you know, what? you know, the millennial, uh, generation, you know, they get a lot of, you know, people, on them a lot, but you know, I give them a lot of credit for really helping drive this <laughs> where businesses are starting. You're they like, get a, they get picked on a lot. Uh, um, <laughs> so the, <laughs> there's one study that shows that 50% of millennials say that they would work, they would take a pay cut, um, to find work that matches their values. Yep, right. And then another study, and I think this is the Deline, uh, the Deloitte millennial study, I think it was from 2015, I could be wrong, but um, said that 75% millennials say that they feel businesses are focused on their own agendas rather than improving society mm-hmm. you know, the millennial community and the, i mean the, the millennial population i mean they really see that businesses need to play a role they can play a role they should play a role in enhancing society um, and making you know making the world a better place and they also believe that, you know, they're also a little more cynical, too. So they're a little more critical of companies that say they're doing good stuff. And that's the other thing about the B Corp certification. When you look at the B Corp community, you can be comfortable. When you see that B Corp seal of approval, that that company has been, they've met a high standard. It's a third-party assessment um, that they can feel comfortable knowing that they are doing business with or going to be working for a company that truly does walk the block. Because there are a lot of companies, you probably sort sure of her greenwashing, you know, pinkwashing. There are a lot of companies that sort of exploit this idea around, you know, social responsibility, but they really don't. Right. Do, they, they're really not, you know, it's kind of like a little questionable. Got but it. Okay. B Corp certification, you've got it. It's like, okay, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. You, know? you said, sorry, dinner, uh, you said Ben and Jerry's, who were, the, who were the more notables? So Patagonia. Patagonia, of course. Yeah, for the first um, benefit corporation in California. And they're one of the first B Corps to be cert- companies to be certified. So they're definitely a leader. Wow. Um, and if, if any of the listen- listeners want to know what these companies are actually doing, um, you can go to bcorporation.net and you can actually search, you can look up what each of these B Corps, um, are doing around, um, you know, their social environmental impact. There's their, their uh, assessment or part of their assessment, their scores and highlights, um, are made available so you can kind of read up on what these companies are doing so you got patagonia ben and jerry's uh the honest company uh, um, plum organics which is a baby food company they, they really shook up the baby food industry because i think there are only a couple of players there um but they were an organic baby food company they were so successful and have done so well that campbell soups took notice and then purchased them they're a wholly owned subsidiary of campbell soups and they've been and they're operate as a B corporation. That's, that's amazing. So this is really
1: a great uh, differentiator too. So if you're in a a competitive space <laughs> like baby food yeah, and you do something like this, who knows? Wow. Um, all right. We'll circle back a bit to this. Let's get in to Frank, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and, and Give me the background, like take me back to college or wherever you want to kind of start the journey that led you here.
0: Okay. Well, um I, my, my professional career started actually in banking. I thought, oh, I want to be a you know, I want to work in a bank and of you, know, of you know, it was great. It was a great, you know, steady job and all that. And you know, I did okay when I first I mean, all I only did it, I did I uh worked in a bank part-time in high school and then you know, then after. But then I went on a trip and I realized, wait a minute. I like travel. So I decided that was it. Forget banking. I want to get into the travel industry. I had no idea how I was going to do it. But I just put my, set my sights on it, so I'm going to get a job in travel. And then I uh, started working for a charter company in Boston. That I wasn't too happy about until I got a job with American Express mm-hmm. in a travel office in Wellesley, Massachusetts. And all of a sudden, things changed dramatically. First of all, I was working for probably one of the world's most respected brands, and as far as a travel company, to be the best, I mean, they were pretty much the best. They were the largest in the world and the best travel company to work for. So I worked for the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was young and I got to travel and, you know, it opened up a whole new world for me. And then I realized that this company uh, at the time, it was really a good company where they treated us well. They had good company values. In fact, one of their values was being a good citizen in the, you know, in the communities in which we live and work. So I, Pretty much, most of my career was in travel. I would say about twenty-five years. Most of it was with uh, American Express, and one of the, back in the nineties, and this is where things started to kind of you know change for me. And this is the kind of the link to kind of what I'm doing today. Is I managed a travel office in the Back Bay of Boston, and one of the things that uh, was really important for the company, especially if you managed an office that dealt with consumers, you know, in the, in the public, they wanted us to be active in our communities. So um, I pulled together a trip called Fenway Community Health Center, which was a, um, a health center in Boston that primarily um, supported the, the LGBT community and, and one of the first sort of public health um, centers that was really helping to provide services and support for the AIDS and HIV community. So I, gave them a t- I called them up and said, hey, I want to give you a trip to help you raise some money. Um, and uh, the next thing you know, what I'm on a committee. You know, they pulled me in and oh, me volunteering. <laughs> so volunteering. And um, I will say that the people that I met, um, they're dear friends to this day from this experience. So all of a sudden, here I am. I'm helping American Express, you know, support a, a, a fundraising event. And, and uh, then I started to get my coworkers involved and so on and so forth. So that led me to – I thought, wow, this is really – I love this. This is really kind of cool. I get to help the company. Uh, you know, get involved in the community, support a cause. And then I started to notice that people really appreciated that, especially at that time, you know, having a big corporation sort of lend their name and support to anything related to the, you know, the LGBT community or, or AIDS causes and so on and so forth. It was really kind of new. So people were sort of paying attention. And I appreciated that the company was very supportive of that. So the next thing you know, and I'm, I'm organizing all these projects and events and and so on and so forth. I manage our company's AIDS Walk team and it ended up being the largest team in um, in the history of the walk. But I really love doing this. And what I started to notice, is like, wow, this is, I started to make the connect the dots for all these projects that I worked on. When I got employees involved, especially my own employees, I saw how they opened up. I mean, it was just, it was just something changed. They just, they just uh, blossomed, and I realized, wow, our company really is benefiting a lot by some of these programs where we're, you know, sponsoring events and so on and so forth. So then, um, you know, so there, there we are for, I guess, most of the '90s. I was, you know, working on those kinds of projects, and then in uh, 2000, American Express celebrated its 150th um, anniversary. So they wanted to pick um, 150 employees that were quote, great citizens, employees that embody their value of being you know, good, good citizens in the communities in which we live and work. So at the time, there was about 85,000 employees. I was selected, one of about 150. Congratulations. And was, like, <laughs> That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. The reason why I, I share this story is when I look back at my career, I had a really great career in travel. I had a great career with American Express. I'm still close to a lot of people. I mean, I liked what I did. But what really helped shape me as a person was a lot of what I was, rec- you know, that that gives good citizenship. But what that stuff really made a difference to me as a as a as a leader, as a human being, as a citizen. Um, it really changed me. You know, it opened up a whole new world for me. So when I look at back at my experience at American Express, and I look at what the co- you know the company allowed me to do, this they were very supportive of it. So I again, so I so when I work with companies now, um, it's these types of things that I really try to. You know, help them sort of see that this 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 so much value that you get out of doing good in the community, so much business value as well.
1: That's, so okay. yeah.
0: So so that that was you know. And, 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 and but by the way, when I look back to the first time I worked for American Express in the early '80s, they launched the uh, they coined the term cause related marketing. Now it's very common. But and um, I don't know if you remember, but they it was a campaign to raise money for the restoration of the Statue of Liberty. I think it was like 1983, 84. And this is the first time, as far as a cause marketing campaign, that on a sort of a national level, people made the connection. All I needed to do was use my American Express card, and I'm helping to restore. Statue of Liberty. So um so they connected people from around the country to something that was important to the country and that was rest, you know raising money to restore the Statue of Liberty. So it was a very very successful campaign. And then um, then they expanded the campaign to restore the um, uh, Ellis Island. So here's funny I a few years ago, I was going back through some old mementos. You know, you have the, I have this box where I have all these, like, personal things that I keep. And I pulled out the annual report from that year that highlighted that campaign. And I remember thinking, like, wow, I remember really liking that campaign. It's funny, like, fast forward years, 20-some-odd years later, 30 years later, that I'm involved in cause marketing and, and this kind of thing. So, So, again, that's kind of like, there's, like, bits and pieces of these experiences that I had that sort of led me to kind of doing the work that I do today. And then in 2004, um, there was a huge reduction in force at the company. I mean, the travel industry was changing quite a bit, and my position was eliminated. And um, I decided to go up on my own (laughs) rather than apply for another job at the company. I decided I needed to get out and do something. I wanted to do something that was more meaningful. So, um, that's when I started consulting when I thought about what did I really love doing and what do I feel I was good at? It was really around social responsibility and that's how I started my business. But back in 2005 and in 2006, when I told people, this is what I'm, I want to do. This is what I'm doing. I used to get that. Oh, Pat, you know, the people would pat me on the head and say, oh, that's nice to you, Frank. Good luck with that. You know, right. people didn't get it, you know? I thought it was like all fluff stuff or whatever, and I was like, "No, really, this is this is really important. Businesses can be, you know benefit from that." But the market wasn't ready. Right. It's interesting with my career. I did a lot of zigzagging over the past you know ten years, <clears throat> ten years, and I realized that through the zigs and the zags, I picked up experiences that really helped me um, really grow as a consultant because you know some of the work that I did. You know, I, I was an interim executive director for a couple of nonprofits. I get involved in a lot of nonprofit fundraising. I've done, You know, so I had a variety of work that I did as a consultant that really helped me sort of connect with really what's happening around social and environmental responsibility. And by the way, in 2007, that's when I found out about B Lab. Um, a colleague sent me an email. And she's like, this is right up your alley. And I was like, what is this thing, this whole B Corp thing? And I looked into it. And I don't know if you've had an experience in your life where you sort of you know that something is going to be important. You just you just don't question it. You just like proceed with it. But you know that someday it'll make sense to you. Well, that was kind of how I felt when I was reading into this B Corp thing and this. Um, and I decided to go ahead and certify my little consulting business. And I knew that at some point this was going to make a difference.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things. The books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going. It's phenomenal. It's I The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, check it out, audibletrial.com. Forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. All right. Now let's get back to Frank and hear about this pivotal turning point in his career as he began to learn about the B Corp.
0: And it's played such an important role. And sort of what I do today, because it really helped me really look at um, uh, business in a very different way. It just, it's just, and plus it's opened up a whole bunch of great connections and, and so on and so forth. So it's interesting as my career, my business evolved. It paralleled what was really happening in the marketplace because after like 2008, after the crash, getting to 2009, 2010, that's where people start. We started to see businesses not looking at social responsibility as an add-on or something special or something, you know, that can be, you know, um, kind of like a nice to have where businesses started to look at, Oh, wait a minute. This is kind of more, it's kind of imperative that we focus on this. The challenges a lot of companies, the companies I work with are small and mid sized companies. They're not sure exactly how to do it. Right. And that's where I come in. I can help them do that. Larger corporations kind of, you know, for the most
1: part, they get it. Perfect. So-, so let's uh let's pause there for a sec, because I wanna definitely get into how you're helping companies, but at the same time, I think your story has just a couple terrific lessons. And and at least from my perspective, <clears throat> you know, the first one I I noticed, Frank, is this this idea of the importance you, you said how great you felt being part of kind of something bigger and you could see that other employees felt the same way and there really is something to that getting beyond yourself and even your own company and playing a part in a larger purpose Um, there's just no doubt that making an impact like that makes you feel it's it's almost beyond words because it's it's much happier than you can feel no matter uh how well you're doing individually or even with your company but once you reach out and you really extend an impact um so that's fantastic and then you had the awareness even though you said you weren't exactly sure what it was to 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 Lean in that direction and recognize that there's a, a trend here. There's some value here. People are really um, gravitating to this, and you are just really ahead of your time. So, so yeah, let's get into that now. So, if I'm listening to this and I have a company and I realize that there are all these great benefits. Um, how is it you help people, or what sort of resources might they turn to?
0: Okay, well, let's start with what's available to any any business that um, they that they don't have to go through me for, and that is um, the first thing you want to do as a business is you want to you want to figure out where you, where are you today? What are we currently doing? And the best way to do that. As far as you know, your social environmental impact, because there are a lot of companies that are doing some good stuff. They just don't realize that they haven't made the connection, right? Got it. Yeah. So you so take just, inventory first. Just take a look at what are we currently doing. So you want to measure that. And the best way to do that, it's free and it's made available. B-Lab makes it available to any business. It's take the B-Impact Assessment. So you actually assess your business. It's an online tool. Um, that's It's the same tool that's used to certify B-Corporations. So you can go to bimpactassessment.net. So any business can do it. I encourage you to start there. So that's the first thing you want to take a look at. Yeah. Um, so once you take, once you go through the assessment, then you start to see. Well, wait a minute. This is, they're asking these certain questions, and I don't have good answers for them. So it gets you kind of thinking like, oh, wait a minute. Why are they asking this question? It must be important. So it's it's pretty eye opening uh, for a business to sort of go through. And then it'll actually give your business a score and you'll be able to score your business. You compare your score against B corporations and other sustainable businesses. So you can kind of see where you, you know, where you land. So, um, so as far as, you know, my overall consulting, cause I don't just focus on helping com- uh, businesses with B corp certification. I help them with their overall, uh, program is, you know, like when you do strategic planning, the first thing you got to do is you got to figure, where are we today? Right So that's where you start. you got to figure out where you are today. The next thing is you want to look at where do you want to be as a company? Where do you want to show up? How do you want to be seen as a company? and you want to start setting some goals and targets around okay, we want we we're weak in these certain areas, maybe on the environmental side. and start to take a look at what kind of targets can we set for our company and then um, and then set up set up do like a traditional strategic plan. Kind of a, do it, do the same thing. You want to look at um, the, the challenge. I think um, is once you know this information, um, you know more. Com- you know, you, you probably will be thinking like, "Oh God, there's all these great things I should be doing." You want to do them all. I always caution, you know, my clients or businesses don't do that. You know, you kind of really take a look at prioritize where you want to put your efforts because you want to make sure that when you are moving to a more socially conscious company, that it's a process that you're going to go through. It's not something you just don't wake up one day and say, great, here we are. We're, you know, we're a socially responsible company. Start right. right. to prioritize some of the, uh, some of the impacts that you can have and then try to link those impacts to your bottom line, you know, your business objectives. You want to look at your overall business goals. You want to make sure that whatever you're investing in around social and environmental responsibility, that, You've got to make that link to support your overall business goals. Otherwise, it's going to be hard to manage uh, and support those programs ongoing. What I do is I help companies figure out where the priorities could be or should be and help them make that connection and actually help them design um, uh, an action plan or an implementation plan to actually kind of start making a difference and you know, start implementing these, these programs. But I think, like I said, the first thing is you've got to figure out where you are. Start there. Um, so that's great. And, and let's take it
1: from the other side of the equation. I'm listening to this. I don't have a company. I'm either in between jobs or tired of the, the company I'm working for because I'd like to work for a company maybe in the same industry that, uh, is, is, uh, you know, giving back to the community, environmentally responsible, that sort of thing. Where is there a, you mentioned earlier there's a directory. Is that where I would go, or or how? Yeah, I just look up a company I'm interested in and find out if they're a B Corp.
0: Uh, yes, that's one way. In fact, I get a lot of people coming to me looking for work um, wow. through. They found me through because I'm a B Corp or and from the B Corp website. Um, so, Bcorporation.net. So, not only can research B Corps, but they also have a jobs board. Um, If you are a certified B Corp and you have jobs available, you can post them. So companies, they post them there. So they get a lot of traffic. So I would go there and look to see uh, what might be available as far as jobs. Now, if they're not, if you want to research other companies that may not be a B Corp, one thing you want to look at is you want to go to their corporate. So if they have a web page, you know, of course, they have a web page. But if you want to go uh, see if they have a corporate social responsibility uh, or social responsibility statement or any information about their social environmental responsibility on their website. I will tell you companies that I know companies that do some good stuff, but they don't communicate it. It's not on their website. To me, that's like, that's bad <laughs> because people yeah. do look at this. Like you need to talk about it. You need to show what it's like to work for this company. That's you know, what's some of the good stuff that you're doing. I mean, it can't be all like, look at us. Aren't we great? You can still, communicate in a way that's that's you know that's um, um, sure appropriate you know but it, you know if you want to if you let's say that you really support employee you know learning and development you know make sure you talk about that if you really want to you know if you're if there are certain causes that are important to your company talk about that cause and how you are involved in it and how you help it and how you engage your employees and your customers and, and getting involved as well. So, you know, that's another resource check around that corporate and corporate social responsibility. uh, No, that's very, very, very helpful. Yeah. And then I know great places to work. Yeah. You can Google that. They have a a list of companies, small and medium sized companies. So you can go, that's a great, it's called
1: great places to work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So there, it's a um, they do kind of a certificate, not a certificate. That's kind of like a certification, I guess. They they do a a ranking of uh, great companies to work for um, for small and mid sized companies. So that's a great resource as well. Um, Then HRC, the Human Rights Campaign, they publish a list of companies that that it's it's a corporate equality index. So companies that. Um, are, um, scored based on their support of their LGBT customer, you know, employees and customers and so on and so forth. So that's important to you. You can go to HRC and it's called the corporate Equality index. You can kind of see what those companies are doing. So, um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of resources out there.
1: Incredible. So with the, this is probably not the smartest question. Are there, this is not something a nonprofit can do, right?
0: exactly. So this is, this is a certification for a for-profit business. Okay. So is there
1: anything like, I mean, in theory, if you're a nonprofit, you're, you're helping the community, you're, you're, you're doing good somewhere. So I
0: guess, um, go ahead. Yeah. But for nonprofits, we just, we, you know, sometimes we're conditioned to think, Oh, they're a nonprofit. They must be doing great. We love them, whatever. Well, that's great. But there, but you have to also take a look at, um, if you are looking to support a nonprofit or work for a nonprofit, you do need to, to dig a little deeper. Are they fulfilling their mission? Are they fulfilling the m- mission and you know what kind of impact are they having? Um, and you can look at Guidestar and there's other resources to look at how they're spending their money and, and um, you know how much is going back to you know programs and their mission and so on and so forth. So you do need to look under the hood a little bit with nonprofits as well um, so no, that's it's also so re- so, yeah, it's also that's resources so, out there that's as well. Heads so a up, heads up, advice.
1: Uh, unbelievable. Anything before we begin to head to our some of our closing questions? Anything we might have left out that's uh, on your list to mention or share? Um.
0: No, I think that's, I think that's it. I think, you know, the only thing I just what I want to say about um, how one, we're in a perfect time right now where we're seeing this shift in the business community, right. sort of taking a look at some of these challenges. I mean, we hear a lot about, you know um, some resistance around companies that are not, you know, being environmentally responsible and so on and so forth, but really there is a shift happening and it's a good shift and it's something we need to embrace. And as a business owner, I just encourage you to really look at this, don't look at this as a bad thing. look at this as a good thing you know that 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 there is there is a lot of support out there in uh, for your customers and uh and your employees um if you choose to kind of move towards you know embracing social and environmental responsibility in business, just know there's a lot of support for it so
1: yeah <clears throat> on on one hand it it sounds a bit onus and and complicated. And then on the other, you, you we have this laundry list of benefits, including just I love that example of the baby food company how right. it can really distinguish you uh, amongst your competitors. So, and, and obviously, it's not too onus if the there's companies that have been doing this for for many many years and they continue to sounds like be more and more profitable. Right. Um, Well, thank you for sharing all that. That is really enlightening and it's making me think I have to talk to one of our guys in our IT company and I want him to (laughs) investigate the process. Um, So as we begin to round this out, these are some standard questions I like to ask. How, How would you define success? if
0: um yeah i think for me uh success is um having the freedom to uh do what i love to do um and um the freedom to be able to give but you know give back and and really um have the opportunity to sort of make a difference make a mark you know just help move the needle forward so for me it's just having the freedom to, to to be able to do that um and um, yeah that's beautiful beautiful. make a mark yeah
1: Um, what do you think as we know it's our habits that lead us toward our quote unquote success uh, give me two or three of your best habits
0: um okay well (laughs) (laughs) I do take time out to, uh, meditate. Right. Uh, um, not as often as I, you know, I go through, you know, ups and downs where it's sometimes it's two, three times a day to sometimes it's like, you know, three times in a week. Um, but I really see the value of just taking that time out and disconnecting, especially now we're so plugged into everything. I just need that, that time to sort of recharge my batteries. Um, and I also feel like after I do that, if I'm struggling with something over time, you know, usually. The, the cobwebs clear out in my head. It's like, oh, wait a minute, I never thought of that. You know, new ideas come, I get a little more creative. So I do, it's taking time to to meditate. Um, and another habit I have, um, well, it's, it, you know, we talked about boot camp. It's making sure when I get into a routine where I'm taking time out to just sort of take care of myself physically, Yeah, yeah. Um, that's important. So, and then um, another habit, I'm trying to think here. Yeah, that's, I think those are the two. Uh, two big ones well that's okay. i mean yeah you're
1: talking about your body your physicality and and your mind and clarity so um health and happiness <laughs> right there that's a, a solid foundation um, and i can't tell you for the regular listeners they know that the meditation habit seems to be a constant. Um, almost a hundred percent across the board. It's it's uh, uncanny, actually. Um, all right. So, what might be one or two uh, favorite or transformative books in your life that have changed your thinking?
0: Um, I would say there. Um, I've read a lot of you know some business books, but really the books that I feel like kind of look back that really changed me and sort of how I view myself and how yeah. I view the world. Um, you know, road less traveled. Um, uh, Marion Williamson's of Return to Love" mm-hmm. and uh, "The Four Agreements." You know those books that I really just—they <laughs> were just—I don't know—something just clicked with me with those. So that's where kind of more of my um, kind of more spiritual kind of growth really started to happen and that was, you know, many years ago. So I do see those as kind of transformative books for me as far as a person. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah. So, um,
1: what about a, a website tech gadget? This could be an app, anything that you find you're using, um, other than the iPhone or smartphone itself.
0: All right, well, my iPad. <laughs> ah. um, really, no gadgets. I mean, I, I just came across this app. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called um, Habit um, Factor. <laughs> the, the oh, yeah. Habit Factor. I have heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that. Okay, and, I just, I just got it, as you know. Um, so, and you've uh, been tracking. I have been tracking. There's, I need to put more in there to be honest with you. I've tried okay. a couple of things, but yeah. So, well, and. It, and um, you know, I've noticed as the older that I, the older that I, the older I get, the more I realize I am such a creature of habit. So, let's, <laughs> let's remind myself, wait a minute, I can break this habit, and as, long as I adopt a new one, then I get stuck in that new one, which is good. You know, yes. A there's a,
1: there's yeah. a a French proverb that says, "Life is half spent before one knows what it is," and right. uh, yeah, creature of habit is very much what it is um
0: well i have some bad habits too that i'm trying to work on but you know, right like, yeah like
1: if there's one together. that you want to share uh that you're trying to improve upon feel free
0: well i think well one of them is that during the week as i'm working on certain projects and i can't focus i said okay well i'll deal with that on saturday i push it to the weekend oh god i realize push too much for the weekend it's like wait a minute then i end up working on the weekend and i and i'm i'm somehow I've made the connection like concentration time happens on the weekend it's like no 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 there should be fun time and you know it should happen on the weekend not work and I think a lot of that I think has to do with I've just sort of noticed my ability to really focus for a long period of longer period of time is because of social media and all this you know constant you know um, um, fast fast You know, everything's really fast quick you know so I'm going to be exploring how can I break that and kind of get back to being able to sort of concentrate without having to check Facebook or check Twitter or or whatever, check my email. So You know, that's,
1: (laughs) I'm wondering, so I did a a webinar a while back because that was the number one request by users of the app. It was on focus and discipline. So um, check out, at some point these people are going to sponsor the show, Brain FM, if you haven't already. That helps with like 30-minute chunks of focus.
0: Okay.
1: The other thing, if you're really struggling, is just to use a little – you may already be doing this, but, but I've even gone so far. I had a <clears throat> a friend – A woman who was in our entrepreneur group give me a four minute timer it was indicative it was a tool we used in the meetings that I ran and it was a goodbye gift when the year was over and I have found that I've used it just four minutes to get started a physical little sand timer right on my desk so believe it or not that's been very helpful and it's uh, very old school.
0: All right, I'm going to give it a shot.
1: <laughs> so there's a <laughs> couple tools you can you can give them a try. So, okay, as we uh, wrap this up, is there anything perhaps that you may want to share or promote, whether it's a new website, a book, anything?
0: Um no new website no new book however there is something I would like to share okay, and it's cool. um I'm I'm, the org- I'm organizing uh, one of the organizers for the Cause Conference um that the San Diego American Marketing Association puts on uh every year this is the 18th year wow. and it's the, west, it's the west coast's largest cause and purpose driven marketing conference so I'm sort of leading the effort around you know recruiting the speakers and all the sessions and all of that it's May 18th 19th and 20th and it's a conference for, it's not only for marketers, but it's for, for, for people who are in business that either are purpose-driven or they aspire to be, they want their businesses to be more so, uh, purpose-driven or they want to get involved in cause marketing and, and giving back to the community through their business and that sort of thing. And it's also a conference for nonprofits as well, because we show, we help nonprofits find better ways to kind of connect with businesses and be able to get the support, you know, from the business community. So they can go to SD ama.org slash cause, um, and check it out. It's a great conference. We've got some great brands, um, that will speak at the conference and it's just great energy with a lot of socially conscious and, and, uh, purpose-driven, uh, professionals. It's a great experience. So check it out. That's so.
1: brilliant. And yeah. finally, if people want to find out more info about Frank Scarpacci, mm-hmm. how do they do
0: that? They can uh, visit my website. It's uh, vianovagroup.com That's T-H-E-V-I-A-N-O-V-A group.com. You can uh, find me there. Um, and uh, you can email me, frank, at thevianovagroup.com. Especially if you have any questions around B Corp certification. Um, I'll talk to any business who would like, you know, some advice and, you know, wants to learn more about the community. Um, I'm here to help. Um, so you can find me there. And I'm also on LinkedIn.
1: That's fantastic. And I love the cause conference. This will 99.9% air before well before the cause conference. Uh, Frank, this has been a a real joy. It's been very enlightening. You've been a brilliant guest. Thank you so much for taking the time. And with that, I want to sign off and say goodbye. Thank you. It's been my pleasure and I
0: really appreciate it. Thank you very much.
1: All right. That's going to wrap it up. Just a quick reminder before we blow out of here. If you have not yet received your free habit tracking slash building template and you want to get it really quick, like instantaneously, you can go ahead and text me at three, 33- three. 444. Four, four. And just simply text the word habits. That's right. Habits to 33444. Four, four. So until next time, to your continued success, make it a habit.